Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 39, Minute 39. Hey everybody, this is Dan. We have entered Chris's dream. We know that because of that awful video effect bendy clock thing going off, chimes going off at 6.55 a.m. I presume it's 6.55 a.m. It is summertime. It could be 6.55 p.m. for all we know. But And Chris has got up and she's all. she seems to be all alone in the Sickler house and she is looking out the front door, which was wide open. Let's keep... Let's keep dreaming with Chris. You know what? I, I'm always dreaming with Chris. That's that's. I should have called this freaking podcast "Dreaming with Chris." Damn it! I should have saved that uh, story from last episode about that reoccurring type dream that I have for this one. This this uh, this minute is two shots. The first one taking about mm, gosh, I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. The first one taking about uh, forty seven seconds, forty eight seconds, forty nine seconds, fifty seconds, fifty one seconds, fifty two seconds. The first one taking fifty two seconds of the minute, and it's the same shot that in the previous minute. And the last shot being her walking through the living room at the front of the house and going to look out a front window, which is open. I will say there is something. It is. It is. I. I wish they hadn't. I really wish they hadn't. Now that we're deeper into the dream, uh, deeper in a dream with you. Was that a song? Did I just make that up? Um, I wish that the uh, they had they hadn't included that bendy wendy um shot of the clock because i think that would make this all the more stranger because she stands for literally just th- about 30 seconds and she's just looking out onto the street we don't see what she's seeing uh we we do when that when she shuts the door we see the reflection of the street and it's empty it's convincingly like completely empty this must have been very early in the morning when they shot this and, but I, I, it's funny because as she's looking, I'm thinking, so she's alone in this world. Is this, a, is this like a post-apocalyptic thing? Has the world been destroyed or something like that? And I mean, she closes the door and then she goes to look out the window. I'm not sure what perspective she's after looking out the window that she didn't get uh, with the door. Um, but I guess we're going to find out in the next minute. Uh, but really, it's like she spends thirty seconds there, her sort of hand on on the on the door jam, 
and just kind of she keeps making that slightly perturbed face she purses her lips together and she squints and she looks around and she's looking and nothing in particular it's like what what's happening chris what's going on and then she sees that the paper has arrived so it's not as post-apocalyptic as you think because the paper has arrived and for all we know is maybe the paper hitting the door that woke her up and we could see it's the new orleans times picayune which is the new orleans paper so yeah it was shot uh shot in, in new orleans the new orleans area unfortunately we, we can see some words the paper is is bent um and we can see a few words but we can't uh, i was really hoping we could have seen a date on there but we can, unfortunately cannot if there are any times picayune experts out there who may recognize what date that headline was from maybe i'll try to look it up yeah, that might take me forever and, and amount to nothing. Or it might amount to something. For all I know, there is a New Orleans Times-Picayune archive on there. Hey, I used to, one of my bad day jobs way back in the day was um, I worked for a company that, that I think I've probably told this before, they um, they placed ads in newspapers all around the country for studios. And uh, one of the one of the, um, uh, the cities that we placed for was New Orleans. So, like... Um, Every, every week when there was some sort of campaign for a movie, we would get like a folder. I put that in... No, it was a folder. And it would have some sort of like schedule on it that said all the, all the ads that read for a particular movie. Um, you know, like the, uh, the Ice Harvest. That was one I remember. Uh, and it was like the Ice Harvest. And it was the, all these ran for this particular movie on this particular date. And you'd have to go through... The, the papers, they had a, a department that would go through the papers and they would go through the Times Picayune, they would find the ad, they would take out the page and they would put the page of the paper in this folder. And so it was our job to go through, make sure the, the ad had run, make sure it had run properly, make sure it was the measurements that were on the thing. And if it was a color, it was in color, that kind of thing. And if everything was uh, A1 tip top ship shape, we'd, um you know, we'd give it a, give it a, you know, check it off and, ha and hand it to the folks who um, who paid, who would then pay the newspapers. And, um, boy, it sounds kind of like a boring job when I'm saying it. It was kind of like, a, I mean, it was fun to see the newspaper ads and all the different newspapers. Plus, there was also uh, the, there was kind of a fun thing in like, like for example, like I was new, I did the New York City market. There were tons of papers in the New York City market that would place these ads. And it was just fun. I, I think I've said this before, like, was it Gutton, gutton butter, button gutter, button gutter. That was it, which is um, refers to when you have a two-page ad in the New York Times, or probably two-page ad anywhere, and the, the that the gutter refers to the you know the space in in between the two pages, like the gutter, and um, just like contacting people at the New York Times and talking to them about ads and things like that. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, it actually was kind of could could be fun. That was actually the fun part of the job. Um, there were parts that weren't fun, uh, th but that's another podcast. Dan's bad day jobs. They, they continue. Sadly, um, <clears throat> maybe one day they won't. Maybe one day they, we will be free from these. But until then, let's talk about last slumber party. Actually, I've already talked about last slumber party. Oh, the whole minute. Um, yeah, there, there is kind of a nice kind of... Uh, it, so I guess it is the morning then because of the newspaper. They wouldn't have let the newspaper sit there all day. And the fact that we don't see anyone out in the street. I would imagine you see someone out there if if summer has started at 7 p.m. So this must be... This must be... Uh, 
daytime. I'm trying to think of anything else to say about this, man. I'd love to talk about, you know, a dream I had that I actually wrote a, a script for. I'll be damned if I can find the thing. I had a dream about um, a kid who runs away from home and hides out in an old abandoned hotel. And the hotel is like four or five stories tall. And one day someone comes into the hotel looking for him and he hides in the elevator. And uh, he get, he gets in the elevator, and I forget, I forget the exact, all the pertinence of it, but it's something like he gets in the elevator, and the doors close, and he's standing there, and he looks at the, the elevator, the buttons, one, two, three, you know, lobby, two, three, four, five, and then there's like, and then there's a button like 132 or something like that. He's kind of looking at it going, what the heck? He looks around, and he hits the button, and all of a sudden the elevator starts going up. So it's going up faster and faster and faster, way past the point of the fifth floor. And it goes faster and faster and faster and faster. And suddenly, ding, floor 132. And he steps out. And it's sort of a modern, like, hotel, kind of. But it's slightly weird because the corners and certain spaces are exposed to the outside. And you just see, like, clouds and ledges and, like, potted plants on the ledges and stuff like that it's really weird and he can't he knocks on some doors and he can't find anyone there's no one there but he realizes that there is someone there he feels like he's being followed and he is being followed because on this floor he comes across first a wolf man oh well a werewolf not not, not specifically the wolf man but a werewolf who chases him around he hides in a room and in the room is the Frankenstein monster. And then he run, winds up getting chased around by a vampire bat that turns into Dracula. He's able to get back into the elevator and have it go back down. And when he gets back down to the ground, it's one, two, three, it's lobby two, three, four, five again. And he's like, what the heck was that? And things get sort of elaborate and strange from there. But he's like, oh my gosh, monsters. And he kind of sneaks back home because he doesn't live too far away. He's got a lot of monster books and he's reading up on monsters and what to do. And he kind of arms himself. I, I can't remember if he brings a friend or not. And he goes back to the hotel and there's 132. And goes back up and, you know, well, this this was this was the, the actual, the, the script had a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, but the, the actual dream was me going up the elevator and getting chased by monsters on this floor. And at one point, like, being on this ledge and, like, trying not to knock over this potted plant as the werewolf is coming after me and just knowing that, like, it was a 132-floor drop to my right. And it was just, it was such a crazy-ass dream. I remember waking up from it and just writing it all down and being like, that was nutty. I love that. That was so much fun. But um, then, like I said, I wrote a complete script about it. I think it was called... Crap, I forget what I called it. I didn't call it a little big man. Big, little man, little something, big, little... Ah, I forget what I called it. Uh, it. I can't... I haven't been able to find it anyways. I've been trying to get back into my scripts because I've got like 15 feature scripts here that I can rewrite and maybe try to get back into that fiction again because I love fiction, so writing fiction, but um, I'm having trouble finding stuff, which is unfortunate. And you're saying, Dan, when are you going to talk about Last Slumber Party? I got nothing to talk about for this minute. Nothing happened in this minute. She stared at the street for 30 seconds, picked up a paper, and then closed the door and walked to a window. That's all that happened. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing for this minute, really. Apart from the post-apocalyptic feel and looking at Chris. And she's lovely. She's lovely as always. She's a cutie pie. she got kind of a fun shape to her face. You just want to go to her. So, um, here, listen. Listen.